Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. This next outpouring of the Holy Spirit will be ushered in by belief, not through confident labor. All things will be possible to them that believe. And he gave me a host of word to back this up. So this next move of the Holy Spirit does not depend on how intelligent you are, how many degrees you have, uh, the color of your skin, your, your age, your gender. It has nothing to do with the flesh. It's about believing in what God is and is about to do. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. This is a very prophetic word um, that I want to give you today, and you've already witnessed it. The Lord dealt with me about this, and he said, I want you to minister this. I want you to say this to my people. And again, you have already witnessed it. The Lord told me to tell you, believe it or not. You've been singing about it all morning long, talking about it all morning long. Believe it or not. Hear this word prophetically. He told me that, and this, this word came to me. This is so powerful. The Lord dealt with me while I was actually at my uncle's funeral. I was sitting there with my cousins on the, um, in the row there, and as I was sitting there, I had my Bible. And he began to speak to me and tell me these words. And I actually wrote them down in the back of my Bible as he was telling, telling me to tell me to, to tell you this today. He said, this next outpouring of the Holy Spirit will not be ushered in. Rather, this, let me start again. This next outpouring of the Holy Spirit will be ushered in by belief, not by or through confident labor. Let me say it again. This next outpouring of the Holy Spirit will be ushered in by belief, not through confident labor. All things will be possible to them that believe. And he gave me a host of word to back this up. So this next move of the Holy Spirit does not depend on how intelligent you are, how many degrees you have. Uh, the color of your skin, your, your age, your gender has nothing to do with the flesh. It's about believing in what God is and is about to do. For some people, it is hard to believe. It is difficult to believe. But believing is an act of the will. You must choose to believe. You must choose to believe. And the Lord also tells us how to believe. You hear people say, you've got to just believe in God. Well, how do I believe in God? We're going to show you that today in Word of God. Let's first of all go to the book of Mark, Mark 9. Mark 9 in Jesus' name. Mark 9. We're going to look at verse 23. And we're going to go on further. Mark the ninth chapter, verse 23. Mark 9, verse 23. We're going to come back here uh, in another message because there's so much goodness because the Mark 9th chapter actually talks about the end times the times in which we're living in right this very moment. I look forward to getting into that and showing you. But I want you to see one verse, one particular verse, Mark 9, verse 23. It says this, Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, underline that word believe, if thou can believe or if you can believe, 
all things are possible to him that believeth. Notice the Lord said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Believeth means to believe and to continue to believe. Believe and continue to believe. In other words, hold on to your faith. Now, John eleven forty gives us a very excellent picture about how to believe. We're going to go into this. John, the 11th chapter, verse 40. John 11, verse 40. And this is how it reads. It says, this is uh, Jesus talking to Martha, Mary Martha there at the tomb of Lazarus. And this is what he says here. John 11, verse number 40. Jesus saith unto her. Now notice it says, Jesus saith, saith, say saith. Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe. In other words, again, wouldest talks about you, talks about uh, whether you would agree with him, about whether you want to do it. Talks about choice. He said again, Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest, if you choose to believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Now mark this very plainly. There are two types of words here. Saith talks about a proceeding word of God, what God is saying now, a proceeding word. Said talks about something that has already been spoken. So you have a rhema word from God, and then you have the logos word of God. The rhema word of God, or that is the proceeding word of God, always agrees with the logos, the written word of God. Always agree. Mary, or rather the Lord Jesus told them, saith, he saith unto her, he gave her a proceeding word. Didn't I already tell you? Didn't I already, haven't I already written it? Haven't I already given this to you? In other words, if you believe in what he, what he is saying and what he has said, you're going to see the glory of God. If you believe in what he is saying and what he has said, you're going to see the glory of God. You must have faith not only in the word of God, but you must have faith in the person of God. Jesus is speaking to her, her personal Lord and Savior. Having faith or believing in him, believing in God means you believe in the person of God. Moses knew his ways, the Bible declares. The people, the children of Israel knew his acts, but Moses knew him. Moses knew his ways. In order for you to carry this, this, uh, this type of anointing or this type of power in the season, it's going to be because you have believed in God. You believe in the person, you believe in his character, you believe in his nature, and you believe what he said. These two must line up. I believe you, Lord. I know you love me. I know you love me. I, and I've seen demonstrations on how you love me. You know the person of Jesus Christ, and you believe also in what he is saying to you. You have faith in his person, and you have faith in what he said. Got it? Just like someone tells you, hey, I'll pick you up from work. What time do you get off? Five o'clock. I'll be there to pick you up from work. Maybe they texted it to you on your phone. So you, you have the written word on your phone. I'll be there five to pick you up. But that's only one part. You must believe in the person and the person's character. If you know they're no good so-and-so, 
You know, they're prone to lying or prone to always being late. You say, okay, I see this, but, you know, I better have a backup plan. So true belief has to do with knowing the person and knowing their word. If the person is a person of their word, then you can depend on it. So having faith in Jesus, believing in God, has to do with believing in the person, knowing God's character, and also knowing his word. Are you hearing? All right. Let me show you a few other scriptures here. So those who have, we can see this, those who will or who have abandoned their own strength in this hour and have settled in the strength of Christ will see miracles. Those who willingly abandon their strength, abandon their own personal strength and settle in the strength of Christ. They've settled within themselves. I don't have it. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough favor. I don't, I'm not strong enough to get this. Lord, you'll have to do it. And I have abandoned my strength, even areas that where I think I am strong. I've abandoned this. Even as Paul said, I count my, uh, uh, he said, I, I count all things but dung that I may win Christ. I've, I've left all that behind. I believe in Jesus. I'm putting all my eggs, if it were, in his basket. You got me? Let me show you a few things here. Let's go to 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. I'm going to go nice and slow so that you, so those that you are turning your Bible so that you may be able to get it with me or so at least you may be able to, to write it down. 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Of course, the, the words will always be on the screen. But 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, verses 9 and 10. Just want to show you this, and we'll read this out of the new out of the uh, new international version. But you may read it in whatever version that you like. Second Corinthians, the twelfth chapter, verses nine through ten. Nine and ten says this. But he said to me, "My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast." Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, help me, I then am I what? When you are weak, then you are strong. Understand this. You qualify for the strength of God, for the power of God, for the might of God, for the ability of God. You qualify because of your weakness. We go through life thinking, well, I'm going to have to, in order for me to do this and that and the other, I'm going to have to learn the Bible enough. I'm going to have to pray enough. Uh, but I keep messing up. I'm going to have to live a, a holy life. I can stop doing this and stop doing that so that I can achieve a certain stature in God so that I can qualify for his strength. Right? But the problem, is that, problem with that is we keep messing up. We keep messing up. And we're in the end times. So in the end times, this next move of the spirit, this next end time revival, it is so pressing on the mind of God, on the heart of God, that he is looking past your weaknesses and he's giving you his strength. 
He's simply saying, you must believe in what I'm telling you. Believe in me and believe in my word. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. Now, of course, we know this is not a license of sin. God's not looking at it so I can sin all I want to. We've said this, I don't know how many times, that uh, sin is like a bill that always comes due. It's always going to cause the death of something. There's always a penalty, a built-in penalty, anytime you sin. You say, well, God will forgive me. You go around lying to people, that's going to have an effect. You married, you commit adultery, that's going to have an effect. You steal, you go into jail, that's going to have an effect. All that stuff, there are penalties built already into it. Yes, God has forgiven and will forgive. But the moment that we sin, there's, some, there's a shoe waiting to drop somewhere. And you got me? But we say, Lord, help me. I, I don't desire to do that. He's not waiting on you any longer. All he's telling you to do is believe. Your weakness qualifies you for his strength to receive his strength. Let me show you another. Let's go to 1 Corinthians now. 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, verse 26 through uh, 29. 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, verse 26 through 29. So again, we already know that your, your weaknesses, your faults, your flaws, the things that you have cursed and wish that you were not like that, these things qualify you to receive God's strength when you put your faith in him. We run from God because of it, but no, the Lord said, no, no, give it to me. I'll strengthen you. First uh, Corinthians 1, 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, verse number 26 says, this time out of the New Living Translation, I'm giving you these different translations, praying that it will be, the Word of God will become more clear to you as we go on. I'm just not just arbitrarily pulling things out of, a, out of a hat for you. 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, verse number 26 says, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes, or powerful, or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish, in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless. We're those things, by the way. He chose things that are powerless to shame those that are powerful. God chose things, that's us again. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all. Remember, the devil Oh, mostly all of our lives, he tries to tell you that you're nothing and that you're nobody, that you can't do anything. He sends people around you to back those claims up. And they'll say it to you. They'll say it to you. You're nothing. You're nothing. You're nothing. You're nothing. You can't do this right. You can't do that right. We beat up ourselves. I, why can't I get it right? Why can't I get it right? Why can't I get it right? God said, I've chosen that. What the world calls Nothing. The Bible says, again, God chose things despised by the world, these things that were not invited to the parties, these things that were counted last, these things that were not chosen. God said, I've chosen that, uh, the things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. So again, in this hour, God's not looking at your ability but your availability. 
Verse 9 says, as a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. In other words, listen to this, God will choose the worst and make it first. God will choose the worst and make it first. So don't disqualify yourself based on your qualifications. When God is looking for those that are weak, he's looking for those that are despised. He's looking for those that are less intelligent. To breathe intelligence, to breathe the wisdom of God upon you, and that will shame those who've been in those laboratories, in those places, trying to figure it out for years. And you come in there within 20 seconds and figure the whole thing out. So that his glory, so that he may be glorified. He's looking for those. I pray that he's found that in you. I pray that he's found that in you. So again, let me tell you this. You will not have enough in this hour, in this hour, you will not have enough strength in and of yourself in order to produce the abundance. In this hour, you will not have enough strength in and of yourself in self to produce the abundance in this hour. You will need to access the strength of God by believing in his ability, by believing simply in him and believing what he said. Again, when you face the troubles and trials that are here and that are coming, if you choose to rest in your ability, you will fall. You can count that prophetically. Make sure you write that down. The challenges that are happening now in this world and the challenges that are coming you will not be able to stand in your own strength or your own might. You will need the strength of God. When a troubling situation comes up and the devil shows you all these things, whether it's a doctor's report, whether it's a lawyer's report, whether it's a financial report, whether it's something on social media, wherever it comes from, and you see the bottom line, you hear, the, you hear their words, you, you hear the discussion, you, you hear what they're saying behind your back, and you begin to take a self-examination, you're always going to come up short. It is not your strength. Let's get it in our noggins right now. Let's get it in our spirit, man. It is not your strength that will qualify you. It is your weakness that will qualify you. Because God will in turn use your weakness and make you strong. You've got to see that. Don't allow the enemy to get you in a wrestling match over your strength. Or over, over the things that you've done. Because it's not about you. It never has been about you. It never has been about your strength. It's always been about the strength of Christ. By believing in this person and by believing in what he said. Believe in him and what he has said and declare what he has said over your life. That is, speak what he said out loud. Believe in this person. Believe in him. Believe in what he said, declare it, speak it out loud, speak it out loud. That's been a failure in so many places. That's been a failure. People have heard it, but they have not spoken it. You must speak the word of God. You must declare his word over your life and over your family, over everything that you possess. You must speak the word into the atmosphere. When you speak the word into the atmosphere, it breathes life into the atmosphere. 
One time many years ago when I was going to uh, minister or a family had called me over, we would normally have Bible study in their house. This was many years ago. Uh, when I opened the door and stepped one foot inside, I could tell that they'd been arguing. How was that? Because they had released all kind of nasty words against each other. And I stepped into the atmosphere filled with nasty words. I confronted and said, hey, what's been going on in here? They held their heads down. They knew what they had done. So we had to clean the atmosphere. Your words release atmospheres. Your words contain atmospheres. You can curse, 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 curse. And listen, certain words and sounds bring or invite demonic spirits in or angelic spirits in. Certain words, sounds, call these things to you, attract these things to you. Holy angels are attracted to praise and to worship. They are attracted to the preaching of the word, to the anointed word. They are attracted to it by the same token. Demonic spirits are attracted. You start playing some nasty music and all this cursing and all that stuff, you're going to see all these spirits begin to be attracted to that, attracted what's going on. That's how it is. Certain sounds and words and um, sounds worse, and sometimes even smells attracts spirits, attracts spirits. So you must be aware of that. So when you believe in the person of God, you believe in his character, you believe in his nature, and you believe, that is, you believe in him, and you believe in what he said, and then you declare what he said. You feel the atmosphere with the, the smoke of God, with his word, and you fill your house with his word, just declaring what he said, declaring what he said. You could see an invisible smoke begin to bellow out of your mouth, out of your spirit. The smoke of God, the glory of God beginning to come as you declare his word in the atmosphere. It makes the atmosphere inhospitable to the demonic. When you simply have the word, some people, I'm telling you, it's a good idea sometimes just simply have the word of God playing in your homes. Just have the Bible playing in your home. Just have the word playing in your home. It begins to change the atmosphere. It makes it inhospitable for the enemy. So you have to believe in the person of God, believe in what he said, declare his word, and then, of course, give him thanks and give him praise. Give him thanks to give him praise. It changes the whole atmosphere. You give him thanks and you give him praise until the manifestation occurs. God's word is absolute power. Absolute power. Look at Isaiah. You know this very well. Look at Isaiah 40. Isaiah chapter 40. I want to show you this. Isaiah chapter 40. We praise the wonderful name of Jesus even right now. Lord, we praise you for victory. We praise you for miracles, for signs and wonders, for you said that they would follow those who believe. We thank you, Lord, for choosing us. We thank you, Lord, for using us despite ourselves. Thank you, Lord, for qualifying us and for making us your own in Jesus' mighty name. So Isaiah 40, Isaiah 40, uh, verse 28 through 31. This time I'm going to read this to you out of the Amplified Bible. Remember, I've chewed, I've chewed, my, my root scripture or root Bible version is always the King James Version, but sometimes I find other translations that help bring the meaning a little bit clearer. So this is ones that I will choose at different times. 
make it a little bit more clear it's because it's my goal to make sure you get the word with understanding with understanding not merely just to stand up here and yell at you but I want you to understand so that you can take it home and apply that word. It's not good enough just to hear. You've got to do. Being hearers only will not profit you. You must hear and do. Hear and do. Then you will find the profit. There are people that have gone to church for years and have heard. They say, I'm going to the house of God to hear the word. I got to hear the word. I've got to get the word. I've got to hear the word. But how many have gone to hear and do? Unless you hear and do, you won't find the profit in it. The maximum benefit of it. You must hear and do. Are you hearing? Will you do it? Let's look at Isaiah. Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40, verse 28, 29, 30, and 31. It says this out of the Amplified Bible. Do you not know? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become tired or grow weary? There is no searching of his understanding. Now, stop right there. I got to take this point just for a moment. There is so much false doctrine that's going around. Some people say, oh, Jesus cannot be God, cannot have been God because he would sleep. Don't you understand that Jesus was all God, yet all man? He was the son of man and the son of God. The God in Christ did not sleep, slumber, sleep. But Jesus had a body. He had blood. He breathed. He ate. And he slept when he was tired. If he did not have a body, a physical body... He could not give himself as a sacrifice for our sins. So he was both divine, all God, and all man. How foolish this is. When people deny the, the humanity of Christ and the deity of Christ, they deny their own salvation. Because if Jesus did not come in a physical body, you cannot be saved. Go on. Verse 29 says, he, the everlasting God, he gives strength to the weary and to him who has no might, he increases power. God is the one who will increase you and give you what you need. I need you to see that in the area of your weakness, where you're struggling, whether you're worrying in the area of your weakness, you must know that God is strengthening you. There are people that are really going through. And they're saying, God, I can't do this. This is too much for me. I can't handle this anymore. Abandon your strength and receive his strength. Abandon your strength and receive his strength, realizing that he will give you power. He will give you strength. You see, because when we're so focused on us, Lord, I can't do it. I can't do it. We turn ourselves inward. I can't. I can't. I can't. It's too much. I'm overwhelmed. I can't do this. I'm not smart enough. You turn inward. And when you turn inward, you don't receive power outward. I pray you're hearing the word of God today. I pray you're hearing the word of God today. So the enemy has you turn inward looking at you. You're not a candidate to receive from him. You must turn to him. 
because he will increase you with power. Look at verse 30. Even youths uh, grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men uh, stumble badly. Verse 31, but those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him will gain new strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings and rise up close to God like eagles rising toward the sun. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not grow tired. It says those who look for him, who expect God. I expect God. I'm looking for him. I hope in him. I'm trusting in him. He's got me. The Lord's got me. The Lord's got me. I know this thing is due, but I know the Lord has got me. I know the Lord has got me. I rest in him. I may not have all the money. I, I may not see it, but I know the Lord's got me. He's got me. He said he supply all my needs according to his rich and glory by Christ Jesus. So, Lord, I know you got me. I have faith in you. I know that you're a God of your word. I know that you can be trusted. And I have faith in what you said. I lean on and rely on and trust in what you and trust in you and what you have said and I praise you in the middle I praise you in the balance I praise you knowing knowing Lord knowing that you've already met the need knowing that you've already supplied it knowing that you've already given me the strength I thank you Lord I thank you anybody got what I'm saying got what the spirit is saying so you have to praise him while you're waiting you praise him you give him thanks you have a choice you can either stand there and worry or you can stand in praise. Stand in worry or stand in praise. You can be up all night long just worrying about it and worrying about it and worrying about it. Or you can rejoice and go to sleep. Believe in him, what he said. Declare what he said openly. Praise him and give him thanks for his word is power. Let me show you a few of these scriptures, then we're going to close out. His word is power. And I need you to see in this, we're going to see the character of God. Now, I'm going to go through these. You can write these, you can write these scriptures down. May not wait this time because we're going to go through these. Y'all with me? Yes, Matthew 24, verse 35. Write that down. Matthew 24, verse 35. Matthew 24, verse 35 says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Isaiah 55, verse 11. Isaiah 55, verse 11. Write that down. Isaiah 55, verse 11. I want you to see the character of God's word. Isaiah 55, verse 11 says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Know the power of his word. We know what happened there in Matthew, the fourth chapter, Matthew 4, verse 10, as the Lord was fighting against the devil or overcoming the enemy, what did he use? He used the word. He said over and over again, it is written. It is written. Now, I need to show you the power of the word in terms of intercession. For this, we will wait for you for a moment. In Exodus, the 32nd chapter, Exodus 32, as we're coming to a close, Exodus 32. Exodus 32, look at uh, verses 9 through 14. We'll take a moment here. Exodus 32, verses 9 through 14. 
In this case, the children of Israel, Moses really goes into the mountain to get the commandments from God. He's been going about 40 days, 40 nights. And he, as he's returning, Israel sinned. In the midst of it, uh, the people uh, caused Aaron to make a golden calf. And they have been worshiping this golden calf. And Aaron and the others say, Here's your God, O Israel. Here's your God that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Boy, I tell you. That's bad. Upon this, God tells Moses they have a conversation. The Bible simply declares all sin must be punished. The wages of sin is death. Had the people sinned? Absolutely. The people had sinned. Let's see what happens. Exodus 32nd chapter verse 9 says, And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now, I want you to notice something. This is a picture of the court of heaven. God stands as judge, and God stands as prosecution. Moses in this place stands in the place of Christ, in the space of Christ, should I say, as defendant. He's going to defend the people, and, or how is he going to intercede for the people? Let's see here. So the judge already says it's stiff-necked people. Verse uh, 10, now therefore let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. So that was judge, that was judgment. Right? The, the a prosecution said, look at the evidence. They're stiff-necked folk. Judgment, that, so the evidence was in, and the judgment was given. But the defense had to speak. And how did Moses defend? Now, verse 11 says, and Moses brought uh, this word, rather, and Moses besought the Lord, his God, and said, Lord, why doest thy uh, thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with great, rather, and with a mighty hand. Verse 12. Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, uh, For mischief did he bring them out to slay them in the mountains and to consume them uh, from the face of the earth? Uh, turn from thy fierce wrath and repent. Now, we're gonna, and repent of this evil against thy people. Now, one for a second. In the New Testament, in Greek, repent, the word repent in Greek is metanoia, right? Means to change your mind. This is not so in Hebrew. This Hebrew word does not mean to change your mind. Lord, if we had time. Verse 13 says, remember Abraham, this is what Moses is saying, remember Abraham, he said, remember the, underline the word remember, remember, remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servant, to whom thou uh, swearest by thine own self, and saidest unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken unto you. And all this land that I have spoken to spoken of will I give unto your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. Verse 14, and the Lord repented of his eve of the evil which he fought to do unto his people. Now, 
God would have been just in wiping the whole nation of Israel out. Why didn't he? Because Moses put him in remembrance of his word. You said this. Now, the word repentance here does not mean to change one's mind. It was always God's mind to save Israel. It was always God's mind to bring Christ through the lineage of Israel. That was always the case. But there was sin there, and God would not be a righteous judge unless he punished sin. What would stop the hand of God? A word of God. The word of God. Stop the hand of God. Stop the wrath of God from occurring. His word, the Lord, mother, the Lord allowed Moses to put him in remembrance of what he has said previously. His word is his will, and his will is his word. God had, even though sin was present and sin must be punished, the word of God that the Lord uh, allowed Moses to give him, he allowed him to give his, his own word back, that stayed the judgment on the nation, but not the generation. Many people still died. But Israel still stood because of the words that were interceded on behalf of Moses. Why am I bringing this to you? Because while you're in prayer, the most effective prayer is praying the word of God, putting God in remembrance of what he said. You're in heaven's courts. You bring the word. Don't bring your feeling. Well, it's good. Say how you feel. But if you want to be effective, put God in remembrance to what he said. The word repentance here really means to bring oneself comfort. Bring oneself comfort. In other words, the Lord wanted to do it. He knew he had to do it, but thank God he didn't have to do it. So his word, his own word brought him comfort. Some of your parents, you understand, you, you say, I don't want to punish your son. I don't want to take your game system away from you. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. My heart is to always love you and give you good things. But I understand I have to do this. But when you find out that you don't have to, oh, it brings you comfort that I don't have to bring you pain. You understand? Too much scriptures. Look at Psalm 138, verse number two. Remember this, Psalm 138, verse two, if you've heard, if heard nothing else. Psalm 138, verse number two says this. I will worship toward thy holy temple. And praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. Look at the very next phrase. Help me read that. It says what? For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. That's how highly esteemed God holds his word. He magnifies his word above his own name. In other words, when he speaks it, he's going to make sure that it is performed. When the Lord hears his word, he's going to make sure it is performed. He's called you to believe and keep on believing until manifestations occur. The angels, these ministering spirits, will hearken unto the voice of God's word. Well, how does God's word have voice? When you speak it, when you declare it, you give God's word voice. When you say it forth, you as a member of the body of Christ, you that are in Christ, seated with Christ in heavenly places, at the right hand of God, when you sit in your seat of authority, when you sit with your father in judgment and you declare the judgment of the court over your life, 
The situation must change as you believe and continue to believe until manifestation occurs. This is how you're going to bring forth the abundance. This is how you're going to bring forth the signs and wonders. This is how you're going to change the culture by believing and continuing to believe in him, by declaring what he said, by praising him and thanking him in the middle until the manifestation happens. You prayed about it in the morning. You prayed about an afternoon and you haven't seen it by the evening. Continue to worship him. Continue to honor him. Continue to thank him. Continue to praise him. Continue to declare his word, putting his word, putting the word of God in the atmosphere because the angels of God, the holy angels of God are hearkening. They're listening, wanting to hear what God is saying and that they will take those words and manifest it in the earth because Jesus even promised you. He told us this is what you need to pray. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. This is on God's mind that his total and complete will be done in the earth and it will be done first in you before Jesus comes for his people. Hear this, before Jesus comes for his people, he's going to come in his people, through his people. He's going to manifest himself before the world sees him. They have already seen him in his people. So God is preparing a people of the word that will esteem his word that will believe in his character believe in his nature and that will say what he is saying that will and if you say what he's saying you're going to do what he does i'm telling you in this hour right now not about your it's not about your effort it's not about your labor it's about who you believe it's about who you believe that is jesus believing in him believing in his person believing in the person of God, and you also believe in what he said. And you praise him in the midst of it. Declare his word. Praise him in the midst of it. And you're going to see the power of God released. So this is happening right now at this very moment all around the world. At this very moment, the Spirit of God is speaking to his people to believe. At this very moment, there's an opportunity that goes forth to believe. Not to believe in your own strength nor in the power of your might. No, no, the hour is too late for that. Don't have time for you to go back to school. Don't have time for you to do all, all the praying and all the fasting and all this and all that, everything that we thought we need to do in order to get God to like us or use us. No, 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 the time has passed. God said, believe. Believe. If you believe in him, Believe in it, that is, believe in this person, believe in his character, that God exalts his name, rather his word above his name. If you believe in him, believe in what he said. If you declare what he said, that is, you speak it forth and you continue to speak it forth. If you praise him and thank him in the midst until manifestation occurs, you will see the power of God released. This is why. When the Lord comes, no flesh will be able to glory in his presence because we'll all know it was not us. It was him. We'll all know it, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord. We'll all know it. This is what God is doing in the hour. So you have to agree with God. You have to agree with him. Look away from you and finally look to him. So if you're really frustrated in life, I mean, you're really frustrated, you're really aggravated, you're really agitated, and you're really down on you, 
You're fearful and you're really down on you. I don't have this. I don't have that. Stop looking at you and look at him. Believe in him. Believe in what he said. Speak what he said. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Uh, position your heart to believe him. And you're going to see the manifestation because there are things that God wants to do in the earth. And he's not going to wait on you to get holy enough in and of yourself. Remember, he'll make you holy. He'll make you righteous. He'll give you the strength that you need. But stop disqualifying yourself and finally look to him. And I'll say last, believe it or not. Father, I thank you for the word of God that you've given today. I pray your people from all around the world, from here today and all around the world, will take hold of what you've been saying and not only have heard the word, but Father, I pray that they will put that word in action and that they will see the fruit of it. Lord, we pray today that you would move by your spirit and that you would confirm your word with signs and wonders following. Lord, we thank you for the complete manifestation of the gospel. For the gospel is not only, not only in word, but it's in power and in demonstration of that power. Lord, we give you praise today and we thank you for all things. We release this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My friends, those of you that are joining us, I want to also invite you to join us on Wednesday night as we're in the, um, the series entitled The Path of Salvation. Make sure that you hear that so that you can uh, understand the workings of the Christian faith and what Jesus did, in fact, what he did for you. And I pray that you'll believe in him today, that you'll make him your Lord. Amen. See you next time. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.